Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. Um, just really popping on because I've got time and I've got nothing to do. And I've just seen that there's been a link to a left back. And everybody knows that I'm a big proponent and a big believer that Aston Villa are going to do something in the left back department um, over the course of this transfer window. Obviously, we do have Luke Dean in situ at the moment. And it is no secret that he is going to be our number one. Um, left back. So to bring in some backup is something I've been very, very uh, vocal about and something I think that Ashley Young would not be my my preferred choice to be backup and backup only. Um, I don't think that he should be playing in the fullback position at all and I think he needs to be a mentor for this team. Now today obviously we saw um, two younger players play in the left back position. We saw Seb Revan start the game against uh, Walsall today and then he was replaced by Ben Crisene. Um and I, I still do think that we will have some um some uh, backup option come in and that's what we're going to talk about today because it's just literally flashed across Twitter at the moment and once again I'm going to say this and I still will get comments all over this this video that will say this is you know, a very, very tentative link or something, or why are you reporting on this? This hasn't been linked in any of the big newspapers. I don't care. It's been linked somewhere, and we might as well talk about it because it says that we are in advanced talks. And if you guys haven't seen it, Ludwig Augustinsson is in advanced talks aside for Aston Villa and loan. This was flashed up on Twitter by Villa Report, and it comes from the Mucho Deporte.com, uh, which is a Sevilla based sports. Um, reporting outlet. Now, this player does play for FC Sevilla at the moment, uh, a, a team that we've obviously signed Diego Carlos from previously. So we do have a working relationship. And I always do remember back to something that Fabrizio Romano told me when I when I interviewed him. And he said that Aston Villa have a very exemplary way of going about trying to sign players. 
and that they're well, very well respected and the teams um, like to do business with them, like to do business with Johan Lange, you like to do business with, with Christian Perslow should he need to get involved in any conversations. And I think that that's something that kind of gives this a small bit of credence as well. The fact that, number one, it's a left back. It's a left back that is used to playing a backup role for his team. Currently plays a backup role for Sevilla. Didn't work out for him in Sevilla, don't get me wrong. It's not like he's been tearing up trees there, but he was very good at, at Werder Bremen and he has... Uh, shown some statistics that would put him in the same bracket as Luca Dean. Um, if, if the same type of player, sorry, not the same bracket as as Luca Dean. Now he does have a storied history. Um, he has won. He was part of the Swedish under twenty one team that won the European Championships, European under twenty one Championships in two thousand and fifteen. He was a marauding left back. I actually remember watching him watching him play in that tournament. They beat Portugal in the final, if I'm not mistaken. And he was a marauding left-back. I mean, he lived high up, just like Luca Dean does. And he's carried that on into his senior performances as well. The statistics I'm going to show you in a moment don't quite reflect that based on the fact that he had limited minutes at Sevilla last season. But the reason that I'm talking so much about him and the reason I think there could be something in this link also is he was at Copenhagen. So he was at FC Copenhagen, I suppose, really, to give them their um, their 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 Danish name. He was there between 2015 and 2017, signing from Gothenburg after, directly after they had won the, um, or sorry, just before they had won the uh, the under-21 uh, tournament, uh, UEFA Championships 2015. And who signed him when he signed for, for Copenhagen? You guessed it. Johan Lange was the, was the technical director of Copenhagen um, at that, that period of time. And Johan Lange has sold him on also as well um, from Copenhagen to, to Werder Bremen. But when he was with Copenhagen, he played 78 games, scoring three goals, played 98 games for Werder Bremen, scoring two goals as well. And since he's moved to Sevilla, things didn't really work out here. Lopetegui, has, um, who's over uh, Sevilla at the moment, he didn't really fit into his system there. But uh, this, is a, this is a guy who's played in numerous leagues and obviously has quite a lot of caps for Sweden as well. 46 caps, two goals. Um, two goals for his country. Um, how reliable is... So I've got a couple of comments there as well. Uh, AJ says, how reliable is the source? Look, it's coming directly from Sevilla. So I don't know. How reliable is any source, I suppose, really, is the question there. And and I know that there's this... Sometimes you see on Twitter, you see this tiering system about this guy's tier one, this guy's tier two, this guy's tier, tier three. Anybody is as likely to break news as anybody else, I suppose. It just really depends on who gets it, um, who gets the news first. But... You know, when it, it's been reported in Swedish media as well, some that I can't even pronounce the names of. There was one Swedish um, article that I found, but then there was this one, the Villa Report, for obviously splashed up and, and found from uh, from a Sevilla uh, sports outlet um, there as well. So I'm, I'm just kind of taking what I can see on this one. But it does fit. A lot of things that he does fit. A lot of things uh, with the actual link fit based on the fact that I, I think we, we drastically need left-back help and I think that it's something uh, that is in the in the offing, based on a lot of people's uh, conversations. Uh, Fabrizio Romano recently said to uh, to Luis Miguel on the in the Kegelato podcast that um, uh, that it was uh, getting close that Aston Villa were were close to signing a left back, or were very very interested in, or were down the line. I can't remember exactly what words he used with regards to left back. So this would fit into things that we've been hearing about maybe the next piece of business that Aston Villa are going to do. Also, if you think about it, the fact that this is a loan signing. So a couple of people are just popping in there as well. 
um, saying this, uh, asking who it is. It's Ludwig Augustinsson um, from Sevilla as well. And also, Daniel, like I, you know, I can I can understand. I'm a little underwhelmed by this link, but let me try and make make it make sense for a moment. And the reason being is that. Um, this guy has been a backup at Sevilla. You know, we're damned if we do, we're damned if we don't. And I think there's going to be people underwhelmed by this signing, but also there's going to be people who are going to be saying that we'll never sign X player because he's too good and who's going to come and sit behind Luka Dean. We're a team that knows where we are at this moment in time. We're a team we know, like, we know Luka Dean is the best left back that we have at the club. And we know he's going to be there this year, bar he goes away and gets massively injured and we need to bring in a backup player and yes it's fine we could go and look at Sergio Gomez who looks like he's probably actually going to go back to Barcelona I'd say at this stage we could go look at Borna Sosa but why would Borna Sosa come and play for Aston Villa when he's on the crest of a wave playing with Stuttgart playing with um, playing with Croatia, Croatia and maybe come in to potentially play 10-15 games a season and that's only if um, if Luka Dean gets injured Whereas we could get this guy who's an international player, who's very steady, Eddie, who's played in, in some of the highest leagues in Europe, namely the Bundesliga and in La Liga. And uh, he has the plaudits of, of playing international football. He comes in and he maybe he's less of a somebody that would, would throw their ties out at a pram. And if he goes, he's only going to be coming in alone as well. Remember, it is a loan, a loan transfer too. So this also, the, another reason I believe that this could have legs is that, I don't think the club want to spend ma- mega bucks on this. If anybody watched the game today, you, you saw Ben Crescene. Ben Crescene looks like a grown-up footballer. He looks like a big, strong, stocky player. He looks like a man, put it that way. And I don't think he's too far away from uh, from from coming close to this team. As, if you asked me a week ago, I would have had my doubts about it. There's just a couple of things. He's been pushed out in front of the media recently. He was uh, he got he got his 45 minutes today. Yes, uh, for sure, he absolutely did. But I think it's going to be a time where they're going to try and accelerate his 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 development and maybe move him to uh to to a championship team or maybe to a league one team or maybe out and loan. And I think they need to get somebody in for a year to try and kind of uh, stop gap for that development. Because as I say, we're not in the we're not in the business. We're not in the position yet where we can be a Man City, we can be a, we can be a, a Chelsea and have five international caliber um left backs that are all between 20 and 26 or 20 and 27 or something along along those lines so we can't stockpile those but if we've got somebody who's willing to come in here and is willing to willing to have that game time maybe in a league that suits his suits his uh his uh attributes a small bit better i think that that's probably what this is call it a money ball ball signing if you want call it a, a signing where by Johan Lange is kind of going right we need we need somebody there and this guy fits some of the statistics that we want to be able to come in so we don't have a massive drop off in performance without having to make massive wholesale changes to the tactics um and i think it could it, it could be a shrewd signing it could turn out to be a load of absolute nonsense as well who knows but it's half past 10 on a Saturday night and I've nothing else to do, so I'm going to talk to you guys about him. Um, Aurelio says he's on his sixth bourbon cocktail <laughs> and I don't know what the next... <laughs> and I just like to hear the filler or something. Okay, I absolutely... I, I 100% now believe you that you're on your sixth bourbon cocktail, Aurelio. I 100% believe you. <laughs> um, so let's have a little look at some statistics. I threw this together. They're very, very... Um, oh, sorry, Josh is in here. Um, Josh says, from timeline perspective, lines up very well with a one-year loan in, a one-year young deal, regrettably, for, for Christine and KKH. 
to go out to the champ championship for a year and then be part of the 23. Exactly. And I think, uh, Josh, you'll be very, very familiar with this and uh, squad construction and I suppose succession planning. You see it an awful lot in American sports, specifically in the NFL. And you look at things like um, the cornerback room in the NFL. Um, you know, it gets very expensive very quickly. If you like, if you hit on three cornerbacks in the draft, it gets really expensive really, really quickly. And uh, what happens then is they try and redraft on top of those guys and let those guys go to try and save money. And also, the succession planning means you stay young in that room, or you stay, you you, you have um, a kind of a cost saving within that room so that you don't come up against a salary cap. And while I'm not saying that there should be a salary cap in 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 uh, association football. I do think that the, that kind of succession planning is very much where a technical director would come in and would say, okay, what do we need to do here? And I very much think that the, that the uh, back line, the defense that we have at the moment is, and I've said this numerous times before, I think it's the one area where we've got players in their prime at the moment, 26, 27, 28, 29, and then the next players we have coming up are 18, 19, 20. And that gap is very, very big. And I think the stop gap of somebody like, like Ludwig Augustinsson might be there, like there's method to the madness, I think, in bringing in uh, somebody like that to kind of bridge that gap so that we can have the succession planning and get cheaper in that room essentially over time, if that makes sense. Um, so let us uh, ba -ba 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 -ba, have a quick little look at some of his stats, and I just hope that these are correct because remember, I do all these manually, and um, I do have access to some scouting software, but I would not like to use that uh, and not like to use the visualizations for them because um, of copyright reasons and so on. But I try to do them manually, so I'm just popping this up here. So there he is, that's what he looks like. He's got his hands behind his back, getting his photo taken for school, but he's a left back, he's 28 years of age, uh, just gone 28 as well in uh, April April 21st he's nearly nearly has the same date of birth as me but not quite he's 511 um we can see there that he's he's um, over, over the course of his career he's played 128 games so you know you know 28 28 years of age played 128 games he, he, it comes back to my methodology or my thought process here that, you know, we got to find somebody who's going to be able to come in, put in the solid yards for us and not be kicking up stink and going, why am I starting? I think there's merit in that specifically. And even on loan as well, if the loan fee isn't, isn't huge and it's been reported to be 500,000 euros, which isn't really huge, considering that that probably is just a loan fee to cover his wages for a portion of the year as well. That might be something uh, might be something that might be intriguing here. Also, we, do, we can't, lest we forget, and we cannot forget that he did play under Johan Lange at, at Copenhagen as well before so there is this familiarity about what he can do and what he is uh, what that potentially would look like when it is projected towards the Premier League and, and he's one of those players that does have a kind of a Premier League feely type player to him you know somebody who might have rocked up at a Stoke and been a starting left back might have rocked up at a Burnley and been a starting left back for them and being that solid steady Eddie who's able to get up the field and get back I will give you 125 million percent in every game like most Scandinavians do without wanting to be a stereotype merchant here and throwing that at him. But it's a nice stereotype, if that does make sense. So when we look at what he does bring to the table or what he's brought to the table over the last 365 days, and, and I'm going to be honest here, these are skewed based on the fact that he only played, uh, he only started nine games for um, for Sevilla last season. But his tackle rate, 2.26, puts him right bang in the middle. Same with his pressure rate. But of those, uh, sorry, not his pressure rate, his amount of pressures, but when he pressures people, he's very, very successful. As you can see there, pressure success rate comes in at 36%. 
interceptions, dribbles, fouls committed, all at the lower end of the scale. Uh, but he he doesn't get dribble past that much. You know, he's right in the middle of the pack for that. Now he's passing statistics. He's well able to pass the ball. We can see his pass completion right there. Sixty he puts him in the sixty fifth percentile. Also, his pass attempts put him up there in the eighty third percentile as well. So you know, he's able to pass the ball. He can get up and down the field. It hasn't really shown it at Sevilla in the in the Liga, which is really 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 strange. And it goes to show that he just didn't fit into Lopetegui's um, system. But at Werder Bremen, at um, at Copenhagen, and for Sweden, you can see that he does get up and down get, get up and down the, the the line quite a lot. One thing that I will mention as well, and this, you can call this maybe a black mark, and he's a red flag or whatever you want to call it. Is he's been linked with Fulham. He's been linked with Liverpool. He's been linked with us. He's been linked with he's been linked with Everton in the past. He's been linked with a lot of Premier League teams, and he never really quite made that move to to the Premier League. 2015, off the back of that Under 21 Championship, he was linked with Liverpool to come in and to be that that marauding attacking left back that he was that that, that he was when he played um, in in that Championship. When when Fulham got got promoted in 2000 and what year was it? 2019. Um, he was he was rumored to to be moving there to be their left back under um, what's that guy's name? Was it Yekanovic? Uh, I think his name was rumored to be moving there to be their left back. Never really ever kind of quite materialized. That he came to the Premier League, so you can look at that in two ways. Why didn't the Premier League teams push the button on signing him? Is one way of looking at it, and I would call that glass half empty. Glass half full way of looking at it is, well, if all these Premier League teams are really interested in him, maybe his skill set suits the Premier League. And if we're bringing him in as a backup player, as opposed to what all these teams were trying to bring him in as as the top dog, well, maybe there's kind of method to the madness there again. So I'm just trying to throw stuff at a wall here. This This news only came out, what? Probably less than 45 minutes ago. So let's just kind of, and I'm just trying to dress it down and see what, what the story is with it at the moment. Um. So when we look at him here in comparison to uh, to uh, Luca Dean, so some of his strengths here: decent passing. He's a he, he he would be a backup. He's been a backup in Sevilla. He was you know he got quite a lot of games in Werder Bremen as well, but he was in and out of the team. And he's just a solid solid player as well. One weakness that you would have down here is his game time recently has been a weakness. You know he's only twenty eight years of age. And he's become that kind of replacement player as well, which, you know, as I say, uh, managers can make that uh, make that happen to you as much as your skill level can as well. And when we look at what his kind of spider diagram looks like here in comparison to Luca Dean, Luca Dean is the purple and Mr. Augustinson is the yellow. And we can see here when it comes to defensive work and when it comes to specifically inter- interceptions, he doesn't intercept the ball as much. This is based on the last 365 days, a smaller sample set. So not really putting massive, massive um, stock in the statistics here as well. That's why I've spoken for 17 minutes on, on the other parts of this, the background to this guy, what I've seen from him, things I've just read over the last 45 minutes as well. But one of the, one of the areas I think that um, that we can we can kind of look at him and we can see is that he is a defender, you know, in the true sense of the world. Word, but when you watch him play and when you watch him specifically play for Sweden, you know, he does spend a lot of time high up the field there, as you can see by his by his heat map as well. Spends a lot of time high up the field, and that's something that Steven Gerrard likes to do with uh, Luke Dean. This guy uh, Augustinson has an engine on him, and he doesn't give up going up and down that field. So. Uh, sometimes that kind of longevity can be can be very well um well received by uh, team managers as such. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. 
This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So let's take just a little quick look, as I say, and how he how he, he shapes up with Luca Dean. Just some people like it this like to see it this way. We can see the tackles and the pressures are higher from Augustinson. Uh, the interceptions, the dribblers tackled, and the amount of times he's been dribbled past are better for Luca Dean. When we look at the passing stats, the comp- completion rates and the amount of passes that Augustinson makes are better, but the progressive nature of those passes are, are higher for, for Luca Dean. So Luca Dean has had more opportunities over the last 365 days to be more creative with his passes. Historically, Augustinson has been a very creative left back, so don't let these statistics cloud your judgment as to the fact that oh he can't get forward and create anything that's what he made his name as as a as a 20 21 22 23 year old was that he was able to bomb forward and make things happen as well and when we look at his dribble completion statistics and all that kind of stuff down here i'm not really too worried about those because as i say with aston villa football club we're usually get the ball to our left back in high up positions as opposed to give the ball to the left back and expect them to carry it into those higher positions so while i do have them shown there I'm not too really worried about it from a left back uh, point of view as well. Um, uh, any other comments there? Let's just see what the story is. Linky says, uh, 28 bit old and uh, to not be first team regular. If a youngster, maybe at least some kind of competition for Dina, you're. But believe Christine, Christine will give him that. Absolutely, this is a one-year loan. I think this is this is stopgap measure, as I said previously, to plug that left back hole. And then once uh, you know, once we maybe decide we're going to do with Ben Christine, we will Chris Enne, uh, I've pronounced his name four different times again. I keep on doing it. I have a mental block on it. Then I suppose we will be able to look and see what would happen here. But we do need backup at left back, regardless of if we think that the Ben Chris Enne is the guy we need backup at left back and to bring someone in on loan. For relatively cheap wages, relatively cheap, uh, cheap fee. I think it's a no-brainer for me to be honest with you to bring in some, um, some um, backup in that position. Um, who else do we have? Adam says Fabrizio just tweeted about him. Did he know? Did he know? Did he know? Uh, oh yeah, Fabrizio Aston Villa reached an agreement with Sevilla to sign Augustinson as new left back. Deal now in place. Being told it's a loan move and an option to buy included. There's still something to be resolved on player side. Final details before the deal is completed. Mister Romano, bringing credibility to the dark corners of the internet since I don't know when has he's been doing it since twenty sixteen seventeen. I don't know. I don't know when he's been doing it. Um. Who's steaming? Me? I'm steaming, Conlet. He's steaming. I'm not. I haven't had a drink today. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
Um, yes, and Josh has it there as well. The Fabrizio has just mentioned it as well. Um, yeah, look, Ed comes in here and he says, sensible business, always going to be tricky to find someone good enough but willing to play a second fiddle to Dina. Uh, look, I, I agree. I would absolutely love if we went out, went out and snared Sergio Gomez uh, and, and did something like that. But I think, I, and I think we did try. Look, I, I think we did try, but I, I think this... Um, the, the, the more we tried about that, we said, right, look, maybe this year isn't the year to go spending that money and maybe we can't entice them to come. So it co- comes straight away. But, you know, we need to get somebody in anyway. And it's, I'm, I'm kind of repeating myself over and over here again. I think the club, the club was on the same wavelength of we need to get somebody in and we need to make sure that we have stability in that, in that position. There is the link here with Lo- Johan Lang. Previously, Ilanga previously, he knows what this player can do. This player made his name off being an marauding and attack-minded, um, attack-minded fullback. And I think, based on the fact of his previous links to the Premier League, I think the skill set does uh, match up with the Premier League. Albeit, he hasn't had the best of times uh, in Sevilla. If we were to probably look at him from 2021 when he signed with Sevilla, we probably look at it with different glasses on. But his statistics, and this is why I always say when I do these stat sheets, is you have to look at the player as well. You have to look into their background. Stats will tell you something. They'll probably confirm or deny a bias that you have on him. But they're a very important part of it when you're looking at when you're looking at at, at a player as well. But they may not tell the full story. And I think really the 365 days that we have here don't tell the full story for this guy based on what I remember seeing him of 2015, 16, 17. Um, haven't really watched him much since. But uh, since then, I think that, uh, you know, his attacking play um, can't have fallen off a cliff like these statistics would show that they have. Um, and also, when you look at anything, when you look at any of the reports, when he was being linked to Fulham in 2018-19, or when he was being linked to Liverpool in 2015, you know, they all mention exactly the same things with him with regards to his um, his attacking prowess too. Um Biff says, Biff, I hope you're feeling a bit better, man. Um, I hope you're feeling as chipper as I am because I'm definitely out the other side of it now. But Biff says, no sign of Freddie today and the friendly after it was said, Gerard, to like Freddie or am I wrong? I um, I mentioned this as well. I don't know where he was. There was no messaging on it. There was no communication on it from the club. There was no nothing. So I suppose it will be interesting to see what the crack is with him and uh, and, and where he does end up and if he, uh, if he does have a future. I would imagine they're probably going to put him, unless he's come back and caused a massive stir, which I don't think is something he would do. Um, I imagine he's going to be on playing to, to Australia. And I think that they probably had it in their mind to play two 11s today. Maybe uh, my conspiracy theory for this is, wait a minute, let me take off my real hat. Do I have any uh, tinfoil hat? I don't. My theory for this today as well is, and I've just formulated about 45 seconds ago, uh, Biff. So this is as concrete information as you can possibly get. I have a thought process that Seb Revan came into the team today at left back. Okay. And hear me out in this one. Seb Revan came in at left back today. Ashley Young played the second half at right back. Okay. We're there. We're getting there. Okay. So with Seb Revan, I don't think that he was initially supposed to play this game today. Delighted he did because I think he played brilliant in the first half. I think he was stuck to that right winger and he played some nice, nice football. He was just a real good, good left back performance without bombing up the field or whatever. Thought he was good. I think that Freddie Gilbert either had an injury or maybe wasn't fit enough or whatever or you know whatever the case may be. And I think that he wasn't able to play today. That's option number one. Option number two is 
there's teams interested in loaning in, in taking Seb Revan on loan. And we took this opportunity to pop him into that position, to play him at left back in the first half. And then the club kind of went, well, we've got Ashley Young here who can play right back as well. If And this obviously tallies back on the fact that Freddie Wilbert was a bit injured. So it would kind of put two and two together with the fact that Seb Revan kind of came out of nowhere. And it would put two and two together with the fact that Ashley Young moved from left back to right back, if that makes sense. Uh, in the in, in the second half because we didn't have Freddie Gilbert. So Freddie Gilbert might have picked up a knock, might have been injured, might have trained really, really hard or whatever, might have came back from Strasbourg and may not have been in the best of shape. But I do think that he'll be on the plane tomorrow or the day after when they do go to go to Australia. Uh, and if he isn't, well, then we know that he's not long for the road anymore. But I think that, that it was twofold, that he probably picked up an injury. And secondly was that maybe some team wanted to take a look at Seb Revan and, or maybe wanted to get him in the shop window for a loan. Um, further down the line. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I also think as well, here's another one, guys. While I'm here, I might as well throw all my mind out on the... Oh, lost my headset, my headphone. I might as well throw my mind out on the, on the podcast here. Think of it this way. I think we're not done in midfield and I think there's still another big signing to be made in midfield. And I think that there's another notable signing to be made in midfield. I have no idea who it is before uh, comments start coming in. But if we're only spend if we're kind of cutting our cloth to, accordingly, and if we're only spending half a million plus wages and a le- and a backup left back come in for one year, maybe that's to bust the coffers of of a central midfielder. Who knows? Who knows? But I'm kind of gone right rightly off track here with Lud- with Ludwig Augustinsson. He has signed, or he is on the way to sign. Confirmed by Fabrizio. Confirmed by Villa Report. Confirmed. Confirmed by. The now ever reliable Mucho Deportes, who also had um, Diego Carlos information as well, and uh, yeah, uh, AFC agent Jared Fabrizio Romano has reported it's a done deal as well. Just uh, just because you're just just mentioned that saying that there's no more signings, um, uh, he's he, it's it's been announced that that he's more or less a done deal by Fabrizio, and, and and he usually doesn't put he usually puts his money where his mouth is. When it comes to it comes to those, so um, and, and as I say, left back is a position that he has said he only said last week that we were close to bringing in a left back as well. So this would tally in, I suppose, with something he said previously. Um, anybody else? Uh, any anybody out there? I suppose disagree with bringing in a left back in principle. Pop your comments in the in 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 the stream below, and I'd love to I love to hear the the fours or the or, or the yes or the nays as to bringing in uh, a left back because uh, I personally would have had it really high on my list after another central midfielder, um because I do think that we're very tight in that area as well, um. Right, guys, thanks so much for this. This is a real impromptu stream. Um, we got the more or less confirmation of the of the transfer on the stream as well, which is always nice. So uh, thank you to Fabrizio and thank you to to Villa Report for that. Thank you to everybody for popping on uh, as well, and uh, thank you for all you do for the podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow with an academy feature, um, an audio podcast only, so it won't be on YouTube. So for anybody who watches on YouTube, if you wanted to subscribe to the audio podcast as well, it costs you nothing. You can do that uh, for that piece tomorrow. Um, but thanks very much, everybody, for what you do. Uh, we looks like we're going to have another player in through the door soon. Probably, if he's going to sign soon, he's going to be on the plane to plane to Australia, and we may get to see him 
um, down under, as they say. But stay safe, everybody. Thank you so much for your time today. This is the third podcast we've done today. I think it's nearly time for a nightcap and off to bed. But everybody, stay safe. And remember, up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.